will be preached. And therefore, Father God will grow, will flourish, will increase and overflow in every area of our lives. Father, because we put you first. Lead us, guide us, have your way in the name that is above every name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming out tonight and sharing the word of God as we break bread this evening. If you're wanting a uh, handout, the ushers are there in the aisle to serve you and let them serve you. They have been a blessing. And everyone that serves, we thank God for what you do to make the church happen, to make things just take off. Praise God. So we just certainly appreciate every one of you. And uh, we're just so thankful that we have a church that preaches and teaches the word. Did you enjoy the weekend? Did you enjoy the uh, uh, Brother Jay Louder this past weekend? Did you? Yes, hallelujah. Mm. You know, I thank God for ministry gifts in the body of Christ and that there's all kinds of ministry gifts. And boy, I tell you, he's a preaching machine. I like that. Amen. Just stirs you right up. Praise God. Well, what we're going to do is continue uh, from last week on the nature of faith, the nature of faith. So if you have your outline, let's just jump right in. And it says right in the very top, the very beginning, it says the nature of faith is, or we can say now faith is, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, we talked about this, that's Hebrews 11.1, 1, and we'll read from the Amplified in just a moment. But when we talked about those two words, substance and evidence, what we said on last time was substance, that means there's something to grab a hold of. When there's substance, there's something to grab a hold of. And then we said evidence. Evidence simply implies a response. It's an outward manifestation of the inward substance. I have to tell this story on my son and now, of course, his wife. We, uh, on one Sunday, he came into town right before he was going back uh, to finish up his senior year at college. And he asked mom, mom, dad, can I visit with you? Can I talk to you? And we're like, okay, you've never done this like this before. He said, in fact, I want to take you out to lunch. Good. And I'll pay good yeah so I'm like I'm liking this man so when we get there he takes us out and he says I have a question because there was a dilemma he said you know uh, Roxy and I her name is Roxanne we we have been trying everything that we know to do I mean I had friends basketball buddies he said we have um, you know looked at getting my place she's getting her own place dad it's just not working out so we want to know, what do you think about us living together? Well, you know, it wasn't, didn't move me a bit. Because I have my wife sitting right by me. Come on now. <laughs> so Betty and I, we tag team. It, we didn't, I mean, it didn't move us a bit. But he kind of bowed up, you know. He just had his facial expressions. And he was ready to prove to us why it was good and okay and not a problem. So I said, son, fix your face. There's no reason for you to look like that. Relax. Chill out. You're an adult. Let's talk. And he said, okay, show me in the Bible. Ooh. 
where it says we cannot live together. It's no problem. I said, baby, I got this. No. She said, I got this. No, no, no. I said, let me go first. You know, so I'm going to state the obvious. The obvious, I said, Stephen, you know, I'm glad that you, you asked that question. I really appreciate that. Because first of all, you know, you didn't have to tell us a thing. Are you listening to me? I said, but son, let me tell you something. You can look from front to back and back to front. It won't say, Stephen Munson, do not live, move in with Roxy. It's not going to say that. And then Betty says, but. The Bible does say, Stephen, you remember the story, the woman at the well? Yes. And what did Jesus say to her? Well, Jesus simply said to her that, you know, really, go and get your husband. In, in other words, you know, you've had five, and the one you're with now is not your own. And we had to stop. He, he wanted us to stop right there. And we said, so, son, was that, does that, like, is that prove to you that if Jesus thought it was okay for the woman, come on, at the well to live with a man outside of marriage, he would have said, but that's okay. He said, I got it. I got it. But that's cool. So we got that settled. So then now we said, now, wait a minute. So, uh, so what are y'all going to do? I mean, school's approaching. What are you going to do? He says, well, uh, we have been talking about getting married. That's a good thing. And we said, I said, Roxy, what does your mama say? She said, well, you know, my mom said, honey, you don't want to make that mistake. You don't want to move in together with Stephen. Do you really love him? And uh, she said, yeah, I do. I said, I like your mama. And then this is true. This is what we're saying at the table. So then I said, well, what are y'all going to do? I said, Stephen, what do you say? He said, well, I guess, uh, you know, uh, we'll get married. Just simple as that. I mean, his personality type, he's a high ass, laid back. And I said, okay, good. I said, well, hold it. Wait a minute. I said, Stephen, did you ask Roxy to marry you? I mean, I'm being dad. He said, no. That's implied. <laughs> I never heard of such a thing. But it kind of threw me off until I began to study this lesson. Stay with me now. And she said, you see what I've been dealing with for five years? I said, no, what we've been dealing with for 21, 22 years. <laughs> but he said, Dad, that's implied. In other words, the evidence of me being with Roxy for five years implies there's no one else. And I'm going to marry her. I said, good. Then ask her for her hand in marriage right now. Right in Chili's. He said, okay. He turned, looked at her, and said, Roxy, will you marry me? She said, yes. I said, yes. I love it. Then I said, hold it. Wait a minute. You've got to go ask her mama for a hand in marriage. That's not a problem. Took care of it. Doing great. I mean, just doing wonderful. Finished college. They got married. Got married here. Didn't want a big wedding. And now this weekend, not this weekend, but the weekend after, uh, she's getting ready to graduate from college and honors program and all that stuff. And they're just doing good. But let me say this. The reason why I said that is, family of God, just because your kids come to you and ask you a question, don't trip out. Be cool. Especially if they're over 18 and you're treating them like an adult. Let them be an adult. Now listen, if you train your child up in the way they should go, when they're old, they're not going to depart from it. Can I, can I hear an Amen. And we said, thank God, praise God, they're doing great now. We're working on grandbabies, you understand. That's just how that works. 
they talked about it. Yes. I'm excited. So listen, evidence, say evidence, implies a response, an outward manifestation of an inward substance. Got it? Good. Now, Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see in the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Say senses. Hope in your notes. Hope is a goal setter. Yes, it is. Hope is a goal setter. That means hope sets the goal, but faith goes and gets it. There's a difference between hope and faith. Let me say it this way. That as you're believing God, whatever you're trusting him for, you have hope for it, and hope is going to set the goal. It's like a bullseye, a target, and say, that's what I'm believing for. That's what I want. That's good, because we need hope. But understand this, what it is. It's setting the goal. We must activate our faith. We must step out and trust God to go and get what we're believing God for. We just can't sit back and say, oh, I set a goal. No, now we've got to do something about that goal. Can you say amen? All right, now. Our senses, our senses, that's your blank, relate to the natural person in the natural world or realm, and our faith relates to the spiritual person in the spiritual realm. Let me just stay here for a minute. You see, we have our senses, our five senses, what we hear, what we see, what we smell, what we taste, what we touch. And those senses, family of God, God has given those to us so that we can operate in and out and dealing in, in this world or this natural realm. This is a good thing. So there's nothing wrong with that. But understand this, it's when we utilize those senses, we utilize them because we understand that it's okay. I mean, you put your hand on a hot stove and it burns your hand. What are you supposed to do? If you have sense, you're going to pick your hand up. Am I right about it? But when we get over into faith, faith relates to the spiritual person in the spiritual world or realm. We can have both. You see, and we have been taught this in school, in Bible school, that when you have the natural and the supernatural that comes together, it makes an explosive force for God. So it's okay to have, to use these natural senses. The point is, though, when we use them and when, when, when we line them up, against the Word of God, and they contradict the Word of God, then we're going to have to go with the Word of God. We can no longer lean upon these senses, because if they contradict the, listen, the Word of God, come on, then we as believers have to say, wait a minute, am I going to follow my senses, or am I going to follow what God's Word says? Now, this is important here, because if we follow what our senses say, when God has given us a promise in his word and said, I'm going to or I have healed you, and then your body feels like, man, I am not healed. I've got sickness in my body. Then what we've got to do is say, wait a minute. Let's find out what the word of God says about this and then decide which way we're going to go. Now, thank God for medicine. Well, thank God for doctors because God has given them wisdom and insight. And you know the doctors, what they do in a hospital, they deal with our five senses. And listen, you go to a hospital, really, it is not a spiritual place. It is a natural place that deals with natural issues and situations going on in your life. But thank God they have chaplains there that can pray with you. 
Come on. So what happens is this. We have to begin to ask ourselves when the doctors come out and they give us a report. Family of God, that is going to be a natural report. Because that natural report is what they're basing it off of their natural senses, what's going on in your body. And that's, that's okay. But I want to encourage you. Now we have to ask ourselves, what am I going to do with that report? Am I going to take that report and then am I going to embrace it, receive it, as just like when you accepted Jesus as your Savior and Lord into your spirit and say, okay, I guess that report is mine. I believe it and I just take it as it is. We can't do that. You see, why? Because it contradicts the Word of God. So what we must do is say, okay, how do we use the report then? Do we just throw the report out? No. Thank God that there is a report. Doctors have wisdom. They're letting us know what's happening in our bodies. And what we simply do is take that report and we pray. Specifically pray about the thing. Then what we do, we thank God with the word of God and we apply it and our faith gets activated. It gets involved in a situation and then we call those things which be not as though they were the nature of faith. The nature of faith. But when we deal with the report, we have to ask ourselves whose report are we going to believe? Now this is so important, family of God. Because if our faith is based on the report, regardless if the report are good, is good or bad, then everything we go by is going to be connected to that report. Our faith must be connected and based on the word of God, whether it's good, the report is good or not so good. We stay with God's word. Say God's word. All right. Now, I love this quote. It says, faith takes without any, listen, excuse me. Faith takes God without any ifs. If God says anything, faith says, I believe it. Faith says, amen to it. In other words, and so be it. All right, and so be it. So we're talking about the nature of faith. Now, when we read God's word, feed on his word, live in his word, it produces faith in your heart. Well, this is how salvation comes. So let's look at that. Romans 10, 9 and 10, the New Living Translation says this. If you and I confess, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, notice this, and believe where? In your heart. Now listen, it's not talking about your natural physical heart that pumps blood throughout your body, your spirit man. We have to believe God because when we're born again, what happens on the inside, our spirit becomes changed as we would say or born again the mind becomes renewed and we got to keep the flesh under come on so what happens is this when we get into the word of God we hear the word of God as we're saying here earlier we feed upon God's word we live in his word it produces faith in your heart and it says that God raised him from the dead you will be saved that is the result of believing God trusting God hearing the word of God acting on what God's word says for it says it is by believing in your what? Your heart that you are made right with God, not in your head, in your heart, in our heart. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. So let's go on then how faith is received. We'll look at Romans chapter 10. We're there. And 14 through 17. New Living Translation. It says this, verse 14. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? We're talking about believing. 
And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Verse 15 says, And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says or say, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Now we'll pick up with verse 16 later on. But look, let's fill in these blanks. A. This is what is happening here in these verses. A, the one sent preaches the word. The one sent preaches the word. Now, the word preached is heard. And when the word that is preached is heard, then what is heard is then believed upon. So we have the one preaching. He sent. She sent. They preach the word. B, the word that is preached is heard. And, of course, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But then what is heard is then believed upon. And then, D, the reaction to what we believe is the result of our faith. The reaction to what we believe is the result of our faith. Thus, we have salvation. And that's how, how many have given your heart to the Lord? How many claim tonight that you are born again? How many have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Good. This is exactly what happened. The word of God, someone who was sent, preached the word of God. You heard the word of God. After you heard it, then you believed upon it. And the reaction of what you heard or what you believe is the result of what you have experienced and are experiencing right now. That is salvation. Well, it's the same thing concerning healing. So whatever you need, whatever I need, what we must do is get into the word of God and find out what God says. The one who is sent preaches the word on healing. Then the word that is preached on healing is heard. The word, then what is heard, is then believed upon, and the reaction to what we believe is the result of our faith, and therefore we are healed. How about prosperity? Let's let's talk about prosperity. What we have to do is understand this, that the one sent preaches the word on prosperity. And then the word preached is heard, And what is heard on prosperity is then believed upon, and the reaction to what we believe is the result of our faith, and therefore we are prosperous. It's the Word of God. That is the nature of faith. That is the nature of faith. Now let's go back then, and let's look at and finish verse 16. But not everyone welcomes the good news. Not everyone. See, so we can sit under the Word, family of God. I've done it for several years, coming up in the church, several years, heard, heard the word, preached, but I didn't welcome the word. Therefore, I went to church for several years of my life. It wasn't because the word wasn't being preached. I did not welcome the good news. I didn't embrace it. I didn't receive it. I didn't take it as my very own. Then it says, for Isaiah the prophet said, Lord... Who has believed our message? And the King James says, who has believed our report? Who has believed our report? So faith comes by hearing, come on, that is hearing the good news about Christ. Can you say amen? The nature of faith. Now, as we continue on in our notes, it says the nature of faith does not look or live in bondage. Praise God that we are no longer in bondage. Hallelujah. Man, we've been set free. The nature of faith does not look at or live in bondage to present circumstances. 
In other words, it does not fix its, its gaze, it, its look at circumstances. This is what I love about hope, though. You see, hope affects our attitude about the circumstances, but faith will change the circumstances. So we need both. We need an attitude adjustment. In other words, we get into the Word of God, and God begins to show us by the Spirit of God what He desires for us to have. Those are His promises. And then we get a hold of the promises, and that builds up, of course, faith on the inside of us, but then I have to have, I have, to have hope because now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So I have to have a goal. I have, to have, I have to say, hey, that's what I want. That's what I'm moving towards. But we said faith goes and gets it. But here, understand this about hope, that hope affects our attitude. We need to have the right attitude about the things of God. Then, listen, have the right attitude about the circumstance, saying, listen, that doesn't belong to me. It gives me a good attitude knowing that God is my deliverer. God is my healer. Come on, God is my provider. God, listen, Jesus is my Savior. All right, so this is my attitude. First of all, my attitude is adjusted. And then secondly, I love it. But faith will change that circumstance. So no matter what you're going through tonight, no matter what you're experiencing tonight, it doesn't make a difference, gang, if you and I will look to the Word of God, trust God, what's happening all around us, we put our faith in God and not in those reports. You see, now we can put our faith in those reports because, you see, we're in this world and we're not of it. That's what's so hard. Sometimes about dealing as far as walking and living this life out. You and I are human beings. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. In other words, our citizenship is in heaven. And what we confess and what we profess and what we believe should be based on God's economy and not man's economy. So now we have to ask ourselves, whose report am I going to believe? I choose to believe the report of the Lord. But, but listen, when you fall in love, say fall in love. That's a good thing. Come on now. And that's part of our five senses, dealing with feelings in our hearts. There's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't contradict the word of God. Oh, okay. All right. I'm just, that's a good thing. But when we find ourselves, our senses are going contrary to what God has promised you in his word, we need to stop and wait a minute and check up on what we believe and go, listen, am I going to go the way of my senses? Do I override those senses with the word of God or do I just stay with that report and say, I'm going to live my life according to that? It's our choice. It's your choice. Faith stands unmoved. I like that. When we're in faith, we stand. Say stand. Man, we are standing unmoved regardless of how things look. We are standing unmoved. Ephesians chapter 6, 13 and 14, New King James Version says this. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. What is the evil day? When bad news comes. When the enemy is trying to take out one of your family members. Come on. When he's trying to attack your finances, trying to attack your body. We have to learn to stand in the evil day. That's an evil report. And we choose not to believe that. But it says stand, faith stands unmoved. I am not going to be moved. 
I refuse to be moved. I refuse to be moved by what I see, by what I feel, by what I hear, by what I smell or what I touch. I refuse to be moved. I'm going to trust God. Then it goes on and says this. And having done all to stand, stand. Come on, baby. That's when you know your faith is working. After you've done all that you know to do to stand, you just keep on standing. But you're not standing alone. Praise God. God is standing there with you. And we trust God and we believe God. And you know you're not standing alone. Can you say amen? So it goes on and says this, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And it goes on talking about putting on the whole armor of God. Man, we have the belt of truth and we live by truth. Come on, Lord, I want to be truthful to you. I want to be truthful to my neighbor. I want to be truthful to everyone I come in contact with. And then I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And everywhere I go, I'm carrying and bringing the good news. Oh, man, I put on the breastplate of righteousness. Because you've made me to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then what I do is I take on and put on the helmet of salvation that protects and clothes my mind from wicked and evil thoughts. And I'm able to cast them down. Oh, baby, I'm taking up the shield of faith. I'm quenching every fiery dart of the wicked one. But then I've got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I'm preaching it and I'm living it and I'm teaching it. Come on now. And everywhere I go, I'm sharing the good news of the gospel. How about you? Amen. That's what we do. That is the nature of faith. The nature of faith. Now, there's a fight that we fight. But this fight is the good fight of faith. All right, 1 Timothy 6, 12. So people say, you know, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll up my sleeves and, man, I'm, I'm going to fight the devil. You don't have to fight the devil. Why do you want to fight someone that's been defeated? We put so much energy in fighting the devil. When you know who you are in Christ and you understand that your elder brother, Jesus Christ, has already defeated the devil, the Bible said made a show of him openly, we don't have to fight. What we have to do, though, listen, we don't have to roll up our sleeves and say, come on. No, the fight that you and I now have to fight is a good fight of faith. This is why we must live by faith. We must walk by faith. We must do what God has called us to do by faith. The good fight of faith. And the good fight of faith is a fight that we always win. Say always win. Well, notice what Paul said to Timothy. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Family of God, no matter again what it looks like, fight the good fight of faith. Trust God. Believe God. Yes, but you, but you don't know what's going on in my finances. Fight the good fight of faith. Yeah, but you don't know what's going on in my marriage. Fight the good fight of faith. You know what's happening with my children? Fight the good fight of faith. Begin to call those things which be not as though they were. And stand. 
Now you say, what do I do then when these thoughts come? Turn, turn in your Bibles over to, to second, second Corinthians. Quick, listen out of your notes. Second Corinthians chapter 10. What do I do? What do I do when these thoughts that just seem to be coming and they just seem like they're harassing me and they get stronger and they get louder? And how do I, how do I deal with these things? And, and we find here that Paul answers this question in second Corinthians 10. I'll be reading from the New King James. Verse 3. He says this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Come on now. We're fighting a good fight of faith. Then he says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down, listen, imagination or arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into thought, listen, into captivity, what every thought to the obedience of Christ. Then it says, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. This is what we do. This is how we fight the good fight of faith. See, the enemy is going to continue to stick his ugly head up. But it's time for us as believers to understand what God said belongs to us in his word and stand on his word and put the devil on the run and say, devil, you are defeated. In fact, you're under my feet. Amen. God is greater and greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. This is what we do. This is how we fight the good fight of faith. This is the nature of faith. Say faith. All right, let's go on. Faith is persistent. Oh, man, I like that. Faith does not give up. Not the God kind of faith. Glory to God. Faith is persistent notice this we're not going to read all of, of mark 5 25 to 34 but let me tell you part of the story and then then we'll pick up a couple of verses but here we have a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years she went to the doctors and spent all that she had but rather she grew worse but she heard oh come on see one was sent jesus was sent and he preached the word. Come on. She heard that which was preached. And when she heard that which was preached, then she began, when she, what she heard, she believed upon that which she heard. And then what happens, the response to what she heard, she believed upon, and therefore was the result of her faith. Here's, you say, how do you know that? Because you see here in this verse and in this passage, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She said, she said, she said. But do you know she had to have faith because she had to hear what Jesus was doing? I mean... I mean, when he went from city to city and village to village, he was preaching and teaching and healing people, and they were getting saved, and, oh, come on, their lives were being changed. She heard. So she could have stayed home. They told her, look, what are you doing? You're unclean. Unclean. What do you think you're doing out in public? She said, I'm not going to believe that report. And she began to press in. And said what she heard and what she heard she believed 
And if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Glory to God. Family, that'll work in every realm. Not just in the healing realm. In the prosperity realm. Come on now. Think about that. What we hear, we believe. We believe it. We receive it. We act on it. We thank God. And then, of course, the response is because of our faith. And we receive. You say, how do you know she received? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Notice what it says in your notes. She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. Now, it says in this translation, for she thought, King James said, for she said to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I might be healed. What? Maybe I'll be healed. Come on now. I will be healed. Notice verse 34. It says, and he, Jesus said to her, come on now. Oh, I like this. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. The nature of faith. Your faith. Now, Jesus could have said, it was my anointing. It was the power of God. He didn't say that. He said, your faith has made you whole. That's what he said. And then he goes on and says, now go in peace. Isn't that good news? Heal, just go in peace. Just go on rejoicing. This is what God wants us to do. Your suffering is over. Come on, lack is over. Come on, hallelujah. The problems in your marriage is over. But we still have to touch Jesus. Come on, we got to press in. That is the nature of faith. Oh, I, when I think about Smith Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth, born in 1859, this man is said was an extraordinary student in the school of faith. Man, in the school of faith. A man who's wholly yielded to the Spirit of God. Completely yielded. Wigglesworth became a Pentecostal phenomenon. Man, in his day, a vessel of God's supernatural power. What did he do? Notice, he cast out demons, healed the sick, stirred up, and I love this, he stirred up passion for God in the hearts of thousands and thousands of people. He said this, there is something about faith that will cause God to pass over a million people to get to you. That's the nature of faith. There is something about faith that will cause God to pass over a million people to get to you. So let me encourage you. Let nothing discourage you. No matter what you're going through, do not let it discourage you. Let nothing change what you believe. All, listen, or do not allow symptoms to change your attitude towards God. Oh, because you see, when we begin to focus on the symptoms, when we begin to focus on, these, on our five senses, what can happen is, is, is that those symptoms can change our attitude towards God. God, I thought you said you were going to heal me. I thought you said 
And then we begin to put a timetable on this thing when God says, just trust me, believe me. Count it done, because it is. Have faith in me. That's what he's saying. Settle it forever. Settle it. Say settle it. In your heart that God's promises will be fulfilled in your life. We must settle it. That is the nature of faith. That's the nature of faith. Now, we have a few more minutes, and let's finish up. Faith has a voice. Think about that. Now, you know you can be around someone, a company of believers, and you can find out in that company of believers just how many really believe. Okay, some of y'all got that. I believe you all did. In other words, here it says in 2 Corinthians 4.13, I believe that faith has a voice. And since, this is a New King James Version, and since we have the same spirit of faith, notice the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. Family of God, I remember when, when we were leaving, getting out, separating from the military. And what we began to do, we know God was dealing with our hearts. Now, we didn't wait until we separated before we began to speak what we wanted to happen and to have when we were moving, going to Oklahoma. As soon as the Lord began to put that in our spirit, we began to fashion and frame our, our words from out of our spirit and begin to say what we believe that we could have when we get to Oklahoma. Not, listen, we didn't start speaking it when we got there. We began to say, and I began to say, because really I believe this totally and completely, that I can find a job anywhere, anytime, that people are not, listen, listen, I'm not just looking for a job, they're looking for me. I believe that. I believe that. I'm telling you, tell that's in me, I, it's in me. And I begin to say, Father, I thank you that we'll not lack I thank you that our money will not run out. Everything that we need, we have, and you begin to bless us. We have a home. We'll have a job. And we begin to speak this before we left Clovis, New Mexico. Back in 1990, we began to speak that. So we get to Oklahoma. Now, you're going to have to work your faith. Man, I have my suit on, tie on, knocking on doors. You're overqualified. No problem. I'll go to the next job. Knocked on doors. Sorry we don't have the job for you. Knocked on doors. Man, wow. Great resume. Great job. But we're really not looking for someone. Knocked on doors every day. Listen, I got up. I didn't stay in the bed. Are you listening to me? Regardless of what they said, God said. And what I did, I got up, put my shoes on, shined my shoes, put my suit on, put my tie on, had my little briefcase, looking like a little businessman, you know, walking out every day, every day. But you know, I learned a lesson because, you see, I was looking in this direction and God was blessing in this direction. It's a lesson because, you see, sometimes we may think it's going to happen the way we think it's going to happen. Yeah. But God has another plan, even a better plan. So my daughter, we love our kids. They're so wonderful. She says, Dad, 
have you gone down in such and such place and put in an application? No. Why? Because I don't want to go there. Don't look at me like that with that tone of voice. You know you've been there before. I don't want to go there. It was selling insurance. I don't want to sell no insurance. But I thought that's what I was going to do. I just dismissed it, got up the next day, knocked on doors. No, nope. I mean, I was going to all these aeronautical places and, you know, all this. I mean, just like, oh, yeah, man, come on. I'm in the military. got all this experience. Love you. They didn't say love you. But, you know, <laughs> they said see you. <laughs> that's what they said. <laughs> love you. See you. Yeah. Okay. So she said again, Dad, have you gone over to this insurance company and fill out an application? Leave me alone. That's not really, that's, that's really what happened. So you know what I did? Because she was persistent. I'll go do it anyways. So you can stop messing with me. I ain't working there. I don't want to work there. I walked in, and I walked, when I walked in, and the receptionist was there, minding her business, and only her business, because I stood there for a while. <laughs> I'm like, hello? You see me standing here? I said, see, I'm the only sound thing, but see, I know I should not have come down to this place. And then she finally looked up, sir, can I help you? I said, yes, I want to go ahead and put an application. So she gave me the application. She says, well, you can put an application, sir, but they're not hiring. Well, I knew it. I knew they were not hiring. And my daughter had me come out here and put this application. I'm going to go ahead and put this application anyways and come home and tell her, look, see, I told you. So I put it in. It wasn't more than, it wasn't even a week. Really, it was a matter of three days. Get a phone call. Uh, may I speak to uh, Mr. Munson? Yeah, who's this? You know, the bill collector, who's this? You know what I'm saying? I wasn't running. I believe I'm paying bills. Come on. Now, oh, Mr. Munson, I'm so-and-so, and I'm calling from XYZ Insurance Company, and we want you to come down, and uh, we have an interview. I'm like, what? I was shocked, surprised, because I'm thinking, I didn't have faith for that. But I had faith. God honored my faith for getting up and moving and going. My daughter helped to move me in the right direction. Are you listening to me? I said, okay. She said, but hold on. Hold on. How much time do you have? Time? Well, how long is the interview going to take? Sir, the reason why we're asking that is because we've got your resume, and we have three departments that are fighting over your resume. Oh, really? Okay. This is good. Ow! You know what I'm saying, you know? We got a job. Now, the reason I said that is because, because we were negotiating on the house, and we didn't have a job yet. And the guy said, you better get that job, man. I'm, come on, man. You got to come through, man, because I'm going ahead and doing all this paperwork. Went in there, and all day, I was there all day. They fed me lunch. It was wonderful. I said, I like this place. <laughs> Insurance company. It wasn't what I thought. It was a regional office. And I thought I was going to be in some claims department. I was going to be out there selling insurance, hitting the streets. And no, it wasn't that at all. Wow. See, I was looking over here. But God was making provision over here. And I had to adjust my heart and move over here. Lord, I repent. That's what I did. I repent. And then I had to go and take, you know, various tests and all that. And I did and, and uh, got out. And they said, well, it's your choice. Which, which job do you want? I said, excuse me? I said, which one do you want? We're going to give you whatever one you want. And I said, man, I like them all. You can't have them all. You've got to pick one. Isn't that the goodness of God? So what I'm saying is, so how did that happen? Because before we left Clovis, New Mexico in 1990, we began to speak. 
we began to call those things which be not as though they were. We began to claim what God said he would do in his word, and God moved on our behalf. We're going to stop right there. We'll be back next week, and we'll finish up this thing. The nature of faith. Now, here's one thing I want you to see. Turn in your Bibles, the last scripture, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, because we're dealing with the nature of faith. And in here, many of you, you've raised your hands when I ask, well, how many of you have given your heart to the Lord? How many of you would say that I am a believer, I am a Christian, and several of your hands went up? Praise God. But maybe perhaps there's someone here tonight that, would, that your hand did not go up. You're not sure. You simply are saying, I don't know, but I want to be. I want to be a Christian. I, I want to give my heart to the Lord. Well, this is your night. This is your opportunity to simply receive Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord. Or perhaps you're here tonight and you want to rededicate your life. This is your night to simply rededicate your life. But it's going to take faith. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. And this is where we're going to close. Look there with me. Out of the New King James Version, it says, For by grace you have been saved. Through what? Faith. Say faith. faith. Through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. So tonight, if you're listening and you have not made a decision to serve God or to live for God or to invite Jesus into your heart... I want to tell you that it is a work of grace. It is unmerited. We cannot earn it. We simply receive. You simply receive. It is not of works. Because if it was of works, then we would be able to boast and say, look what I've done. But the Lord is saying, allow my grace, my grace, unmerited grace, and allow this wonderful gift of salvation to be yours. And all you have to do is simply receive. Will you bow your heads tonight? Just bow your head. And I just want to ask you tonight. A lot of times on Wednesday night, there's, we're family. We're family. But perhaps there's someone here tonight that you've come with a family member, and you're saying, man, I need God. I need God. And, man, I tell you, what I've heard, just, it just caused faith to rise up on the inside of me. And, and then, therefore, I want to act on what I heard and, and believe and receive Jesus as my personal Savior and Lord. Or maybe you're saying tonight, listen, I heard. I heard the word of God, and, I'm, and I want to act on what I heard and believe and receive and rededicate my life to the Lord. Is there anyone? Like that tonight, before we dismiss you, let you go. If there is, if you're here tonight and say, that's me, will you slip your hand up? Say, that's me. I need Jesus. That's me. I see that one hand. Is there anyone else? I see that second. Is there, is, say, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I want to pray. Will you pray for me? I need to rededicate my life. I see that hand. Say, I need Jesus. Thank you. Is there anyone else? There's three hands. Do we have a fourth one to say, I need Jesus. Thank you. In my life. Is there anyone else? We don't want to move on. Thank you. You raise your hand. You can lower it. Is there anyone else? Because we do not want to. Thank you. We do not want to move on. This is your time. This is your moment to be introduced to Jesus.
Everyone look up, please. There were several hands that went up. Now I'm going to ask you, those who raised your hand, I know you meant it. You meant it. I believe that. I've seen it. I'm going to ask you to be bold and get right out of your seat. You raise your hand. Everyone that raised your hand, get right out of your seat where you're at and stand up and come down. We're going to pray with you right now. Come on, church. Stand up. You raise your hand.